There's always something new and exciting happening in Montgomery County, Maryland. Join podcaster and business leader Kelly Leonard and me, Bob Levy, on another episode of Something to Talk About, where we speak with industry leaders making an impact in our county. Patients first. You hear it a lot in healthcare, but you don't always see it. That's where physician associates come in. PAs go the extra mile to make you the priority, using their medical training and expertise to address your specific health needs and taking the time to listen, explain, and follow up. Every day, physician associates go beyond to ensure that you receive the care you deserve. See how they're redefining healthcare at PASGoBeyond.com. Prog Watch, music that tells a story with your friend and host, Big Tony Rousick, a.k.a. Prog Squatch. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Prog Watch, my friends. This is Big Tony, your host, and this week I'm doing something a little different, a bit of a tribute to one of my favorite bands of all time, the Beatles. I know, I know, the Beatles had pretty much disbanded by the time the generally accepted dawn of progressive rock as we know it took place in 1969. But if we look at the spirit of progressive rock, what it really means to, quote, progress... I think the Beatles have to be considered prog before prog was really a thing. In a few short years, they changed the face of popular music and helped usher in an age of experimentation and the pushing of boundaries. In a way, they lit the match that eventually led to the musical explosion that was prog rock in the golden age of the 1970s. And the reverberations of that explosion can still be heard today, each week on Prog Watch and other shows like it. And I love the Beatles. They were the first band that I really became fanatical about, and that fanaticism for rock music, and progressive rock in particular, just grew from there. So this week I am celebrating the music of the Beatles, but I'm only going to play a couple of actual Beatles songs. The rest of the program will be devoted to covers of Beatles songs, many, but not all, by progressive or prog-related artists. A little later, I will also have some excerpts from an interview I recently conducted with British photographer and author Tom Murray. Tom is a great guy who was lucky enough to spend a whole day photographing the Beatles back in 1968, on the eve of the release of the White Album. Hearing him talk about that day is a link to the legend of the Beatles. But first, let's start things off with a track that I think of as a kind of shot heard round the world. This song was undoubtedly a game-changer as can be evidenced by simply looking at rock music before it, and then looking at rock music after it. It's the Beatles' Strawberry Fields Forever, which was a single released in 1967, recorded at the start of the Sgt. Pepper sessions, and later released as part of the Magical Mystery Tour album.
Again, that was the Beatles' classic Strawberry Fields Forever. 
Next, I've got a nice version of She Said, She Said by U.S. rocker Matthew Sweet. Matthew Sweet with She Said, She Said. You can find it on his I've Been Waiting single from 1992. Now let's hear from Jeff Lynn and ELO. Jeff was never shy about wearing his Beatle influences on his sleeve and later worked extensively with George Harrison and also the rest of the surviving Beatles on the Anthology Project in 1995. Anyway, this is ELO doing a version of Day Tripper.
Day Tripper by ELO from their album The Night the Light Went On in Long Beach, released in 1974. Next, UK prog rockers Stackridge with a cool version of a great early Beatles song, Hold Me Tight. Spotted Dick Mum, it's not long now till Christmas. Can and Artie Jean send their love with this song? by Stackridge from their Mr. Mick album in 1976. Now let's hear from photographer and author Tom Murray 
about his day with the Beatles. This is the 50th anniversary of a very exciting day that pretty much changed the course of your life, correct? Oh, yeah, this was it. I mean, A, I never was told who it was I was going to photograph. And after the day, um, I, I took my, I had an XK150 Jag, which I took into London to sit my parents. When I got home afterwards, my, to put the Jag in the car, my mother said, what did you do? I said, oh, I went and photographed a pop group. She said, who was it? And as I shut the door, I said, the Beatles. So my mother was screaming about what was going on. She said, what was it like? I said, it was a mad day out. I said, we spent the whole day, went here, there, and everywhere, and uh, had a great time. And on Monday, I put the film in, had it processed. And Eve Arnold is a brilliant American photographer. She died one day short of her 100th birthday. Mm. She photographed Monroe and Malcolm X and, people, and the royal family. And he said, edit them down, keep the best, throw out the rest. It's your old age pension. Well, now I'm an old age pensioner and uh, ended up having some of the best color pictures ever of the Beatles. And quite by accident. Yeah, so quite, how, did, quite accident. Yeah, how did it happen? It just, just so happened. Uh, I did actually get a reply to my first, my letter to these photographers saying, what shall I do when I came out from Africa? The only reply I got was from Lord Snowden, who was married to the, Her Majesty's sister, Princess Margaret. And I went to Kensington Palace, showed him my work, and he said, well, there's two jobs. He said, one at Vogue. And he said, the photographer who works for the Sunday Times magazine in the studio, which he designed, had resigned that morning at 10. I was seeing Snowden at 12. I had the job by two. I was the highest paid photographer in London, working for the Sunday Times magazine and the studio he designed. It was the first ever colour supplement in any newspaper, and it was fantastic. And one day I was asked by one of the other photographers, would I help him out? He was photographing a pop group, and I never thought to ask who it was. And I said, sure. I said, I'll go up, and I'll pick up the Jag and come into town, and drove in on a Sunday, met him at the Sunday Times studio because I had the keys. And on the way out, he said, I'll bring your camera, I get some nice snaps. I still have the camera. In fact, I have it with me now. And uh, for some reason, which I'll never know, I picked up two rolls of color film. Because mm -hmm. usually I, anything like that, I pick up black and white because I love black and white. And uh, we went off to a rehearsal rooms, and I said, "Oh, someone's playing Lady Madonna." Opens the door, went, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> it's, Paul, it's Paul McCartney and George and Ringo are standing to one side, and John and Yoko there. And I sort of went, "Is this the group?" And he went, "Yes." I went, "Oh." And he, immediately, my mind went, "Well, I've got one camera, one lens, two rolls of film. I can't shoot inside. I've got no lighting, no no assistance. I usually used to carry about a hundred rolls of film, and just off off we went all over London. I thought I'm driving around with the four most famous boys in the world, who happened to be called John, Paul, George, and Ringo, and they all piled into George's uh, Mercedes Pullman, and Mal, his the manager, was driving. His son was in the front seat, and a few of us followed behind. And originally, John." wanted to go to Highgate Cemetery. Now, this is Sunday in 1968 in London, where everything was closed. You were supposed to go to church and have lunch and go for a walk. Mm -hmm. And only then, basically, you were getting the odd thing, like Carnaby Street was starting to open and places like that. And young people had money, and we were listening to the music we wanted, which partly was due to the pirate radio stations. BBC was still playing Val Dunigan and people like that, which were okay, but we wanted to hear Buddy Holly, we wanted to hear the Beatles, we wanted to hear the Stones, we wanted to hear all these groups. We wanted to hear Elvis and the rest of it, and you used to only get those through Radio Luxembourg. And the pirate radio station nearest us was Radio Caroline. It was Radio Caroline 199. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
we went through the boys throwing up, almost sinking, records bouncing off, because it wasn't actually very calm where they were. But it was the music we wanted. And in the studio, when we were working with Twiggy and people like that, they wanted to hear the Beatles. And we would get every single album as soon as it came out. We used to sometimes get told off by Lord Thompson, who owned the Sunday Times. His secretary would say, his lordship says, can you turn that Beatles music down? They're trying to have a meeting. <laughs> the studio studio was totally glass. It was glass all the way around. So it did used to reverberate a bit, especially the warp speed we played it at. Okay. At, um, and that was it. We went to Highgate Cemetery, which, of course, was closed. There's a special area for very famous people that are buried there, including the Karl Marx tomb. And that's where John wanted to go. But, of course, that was closed. So we went, we went down Swain's Lane. We were going somewhere else. And we stopped at this house with yellow windows and doors. And they all got out and posed there. And Paul had his pink suit on with his Liverpool football club rosette. And Ringo had this incredible florist flouncy, flouncy, bright yellow shirt. And the kids inside were screaming at their dad. We later found out that the Beatles there, and the dad didn't believe them. <laughs> and he looked outside and saw the car pulling away. We went back, in, in, the, in the book, we went back to do that day again. Unfortunately, because of the traffic, it took us two days to do it. And it's all in the back of the book showing, you know, where we went and what existed and still mm -hmm. exists, actually. Uh, went, knocked on the door and a guy went, I said, excuse me, have you got a Tom Murray picture of the Beatles? He said, yeah, why? I said, well, I'm Tom Murray. So they came out and we photographed them with it. And they were quite thrilled. And they said, they keep getting Japanese tourists coming by, all dressed up as the, as the Fab Four in those photographs and posing outside the house. <laughs> so it's quite comical. Yeah. Then we just traveled to different places all over London. We went to St. Patrick's Church, St. Pancras Church Garden, and that's where the hollyhocks were, and that's where the, some of the photographs of Paul squirting water at me were taken. And when we went back, the writer signed said, why are the hollyhocks not here? I said, Simon, they don't come out till July. Then they can be six, seven foot high. We were there in March. Mm -hmm. But we managed to get everywhere, and... and where the pictures of John Lennon playing dead, we had to get permission from the people that now live in that square. It's an open square. There's a road on one side, the Thames on the other. I mean, Frances Segelman, Lady Frances Segelman, is a queen sculpture. She lives there. Graham Norton lives there. And, and uh, you know, Dame Helen Mirren lives there. So they had to all give permission in case I fell in the Thames and got drowned. <laughs> so lucky I didn't fall in the Thames. I did get wet because the boat went past. I didn't see there was a big wave coming my way. So it was that close, but, huh? Yeah, it was. I was too busy doing what I'm doing. So, and literally, we went everywhere. You could stay nearly everywhere, half hour, 45 minutes, because there were no cell phones. People couldn't believe who they were seeing. There was a couple of kids yelling and screaming. We did a couple of fender benders, or just where that kid shouting, that, that is the Beatles. There is a picture in existence taken at St. Pancras Gardens, and uh, there is where the Beatles are actually in the crowd, but the that was the kind of crowd that came after about half an hour. Yeah. And it was just, it was great fun. The thing is, I was their age, and most people didn't take me seriously because I looked so much younger than most other photographers. They thought I didn't know what I was doing. I still get away with it now. Most people don't think I know what I'm doing, but I do. <laughs> I, 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 have a, I have a crafty technique. I tend to watch out the corners of my eyes even if I'm speaking to people. So that's fine. A couple of There's one picture where they're all in the hollyhocks and they're looking at, to, off 
to the sides, and then Paul notices that I'm watching it and glares at me. And the same as when he squirted water over me and my camera, because I was watching him, and he took one mouthful and squirted, then he saw me took another one. So it's a nice little series of three. And down by the river, we photographed the boy. The only thing existing in some of the pictures now is, of course, Tower Bridge. All the warehouses are now chic warehouses, or they've been pulled down, and the high-rise apartments have been built there. So it's it's all changed, but uh, it, it it was a fabulous day. I mean, we ended up at Paul's house in John's Wood, where later on my studio would be a few blocks away from where he was. And there was four or five girls outside, and as the car pulled up and all four boys got out, one of them fainted, one of them wet themselves. There was a lot of screaming, so I don't know how long <laughs> they waited outside, but there was no way the boys could get out without going past those girls. So that must have been, you know, I always say to me, it was a gift from God to do this photo shoot. I'm very pleased over the years, Paul and Ringo have signed my work. Paul's got some of my work in his private collection, so does Ringo. And I give them to charity. I've raised two million bucks on my own. Yeah, I saw that in the book. That's fantastic. Yeah, we're we're banging around. We gave one to Radio Woodstock because they're doing a thing on breast cancer. And one of my friends' wife, who's very friendly with my mother, she died of breast cancer. So Mm. I always try and give it to something, a local charity, wherever we go. So we're trundling along. And I used to say, much to Michelle's, astonishment they're nice snaps and i thought no not really they're absolutely fantastic pictures christie's think they're the best pictures of the beatles in 68 and in the gallery we've got 20 24 inch prints 30 by 40 inch prints and they just look sensational i have them made yeah. here in new york actually because there are so few labs left in london because everyone's gone digital Mm-hmm. And also we've got the bronzes here. Anyone that knows Liverpool with the giant statues, the four boys on Liverpool, Kisa, were done by Andrew Edwards. And he's brought the miniatures of that, which are in the gallery. And also he's made a bronze of one of my images, uh, which he's brought the small size. We're hoping to get it made full size. And that might well be a limited edition one day. But it's just great. I never thought my work would be in bronze. Someone said, yeah. why was I in bronze? I said, it's not me, you fool. It's one of my Beatles images. Yeah. And it looks incredible. It looks really incredible. So we're hoping, actually, that uh, once people see it, we'll get funding to make it into the giant size, which would look amazing, because the one in Liverpool is like one and a half times life size. But if people go to the gallery, there's a miniature of uh, John and Yoko, he cast in white. There's, a, there's the bronze of my image, which is the one on top of Old Street Station where Paul's actually f- falling off the building. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, one, yeah. yeah. And they're all hanging on. Want, they're all kind of like pulling go, back. Didn't want to go home and say, oh, Mama killed a beetle. Yeah. yeah. Would, yeah I'd be known forever. Oh, yeah, that's the photographer that killed a beetle. Don't go anywhere. Prague Watch will be right back. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now here's a song that isn't really a Beatles cover, but is sort of. Most, if not all, of the lyrics are called from Beatles songs but put into a new musical framework. Anyway, I think it's fantastic, and it's one of two songs of its type which will appear in this program. The song is Titles by the UK band Barclay James Harvest.
titles by Barclay James Harvest from their Time Honored Ghosts album in 1975. Next, I've got a band that listener Reno Faro turned me on to. They are called Blood Rock and did an interesting cover of Eleanor Rigby in 1973. That was Eleanor Rigby by U.S. band Blood Rock from their Whirlwind Tongues album in 1973. Moving on, I've got the seminal progressive rock band Yes with a decidedly yesified cover of the Beatles song Every Little Thing.
walking beside her People tell me I'm lucky Yes, I know I'm a lucky guy I remember the first time I was lonely without her Can't stop thinking about her Again, that was Yes with Every Little Thing. You can find it on their first self-titled album from 1969. Next, I've got something from UK guitarist Steve Hillage, best known as a solo artist and for his work with the early gong. This is a cover of the Beatles' It's All Too Much.
It's All Too Much by Steve Hillage from his 1976 album, simply known by the letter L. Next up, Phil Collins of the seminal rock band Genesis, and a solo artist in his own right, doing a fantastic cover of a very psychedelic Beatles song called Tomorrow Never Knows.
Again, that was Phil Collins with Tomorrow Never Knows from his Face Value album in 1981. Now let's hear a little more of my chat with author and photographer Tom Murray. They were pretty close they, to the edge. Oh yeah, it was it was a thirty foot drop. Yeah, it's hard to tell yeah. in the picture how you know how yeah, high and how black far and they white, are. Some of them actually crawling up there on a plank. Okay, I didn't see that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not it's not one of mine. So I have seen one. Some managed to snap it black and white, but. Uh, I mean, it was a fantastic day, and they were having a great time. They were fed up with all the rubbishy pictures they'd had before. They were finishing the White Album, which at one stage was going to be 34 tracks, and they cut four out, cut it down to 30. So, I mean, I think it was a nice release to get out the studio, because obviously when you're working so hard as they do, uh, I'm sure making an album is incredibly stressful, from what I've heard from all bands, that just to get out and have a lark... And they were larking around, having a great time. Yeah. And I was fortunate to be there with a camera and two rolls of color film. The color, I think, was very fortuitous. Yeah, I mean, they look great because they're in color, and especially those pictures of them in the gardens with all the flowers. I I mean, mean, it's... The colors were amazing. Yeah, the colors of their clothing and the flowers. It's all... Yeah, yeah, it looks great. I mean, that's why the prints they make here are just so fantastic. They're, They're exactly as I could see them in my head, and... I was lucky because I didn't have to do anything officially. I could do what I wanted. And I photographed the boys from where I wanted, the way I wanted, and hid them away for about 20 years. Uh, I was actually in New York when John was shot, and we offered that to Time magazine for a cover, and they said it was too spooky. Uh, where he and was laying next- there with his eyes closed? Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. They said it was yeah. too spooky for Time. And um, the next time it came up, I was in working in Los Angeles, and Jack Nicholson, Angelica Houston, who I knew from her modeling days, and Elizabeth Montgomery from Bewitched, they wanted to sponsor a picture of mine for an AIDS charity, Project Angel Food. And my friend David Hockney put in a painting, and that's some really great stuff. And I got conned into hanging the whole thing, which took me till 2 in the morning. And I got up at 7 in the morning, decided I didn't like it, and rehung it all. <laughs> but uh, it went for $12,000 way back then. Mm-hmm. And they just stood up and said how brilliant it was. And they told everyone got a sponsor. I just happened to have three very famous sponsors. And that's when we realized the value of them. And I started doing charity work because the following year I photographed Princess Margaret. And that's actually on show at the moment in London, in, in Canary Wharf, near where I photographed the Beatles, as part of the Association of Photographers' 50th anniversary. And I have the only royal portrait in there. And in the book, you'll see a picture I took when I was a young photographer. Little did I know, 10 years later, I'd have the Royal Commission, which is also in the book. So it was, I'm very lucky, right place, right time, and managed to have the, the skill to carry it out. Yeah, and and I guess it was kind of, lo- like you said, a low-pressure situation because you weren't expected to really produce anything. You were just no, stringing along. I was just, yeah, just stringing along. Yeah. And everyone ignores me, which is fine by me. Yeah. I don't, when things are working fine, I, I, I have a very low-key direction. I sort of, so, someone said, I'm bossy but nice, <laughs> <laughs> which, which means I can be quite forceful. And I, but when things are flowing the way you want, you don't interfere. And it was very free-flowing. Everyone had their ideas. I mean, I got a fantastic portrait of George, which I just adore. And then another great shot is Ringo and Paul with the dog Martha. All those girls mm-hmm. who thought Martha, my dear, was for a girl. Sorry, girls, it's for a dog. Sheep dog. And he's always yep. had those kind of dogs, yeah. And it's just a super picture. So I actually, for the first time, and uh, showed some people how I analyze these things. Like in that shot, there's a line that goes right through Paul 
and Ringo. And in the one where there's the nowhere man, which I always consider that's me, there's a, it looks like Paul's looking at his dad, although it's not his dad. George and Ringo are sitting the same way, mm-hmm. and John's looking down at them. And same as John's, because of how I shot it, John's in the background of the hollyhocks. It's all just little images that were in my head. And, of course, the famous one is of Paul falling off the building. Someone said, is it being pushed? I said, no, if you look, John Lennon is holding on really tight and Ringo's hanging on to George. Well, that would have made a few headlines if that had all gone wrong. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I'd um, have had to hide somewhere like Antarctica. Yeah, probably. Ice flow photography. Yeah. But it was a great opportunity, and I'm pleased that, uh, you know, by using those images, I've raised a great deal for charity. I started the charity work, actually, after Princess Margaret. She sent me a very nice letter saying, I hope I wasn't bothered too much by the press and the TV. And I thought, well, we'll wait till my autobiography comes out, and I'll tell you how much I was bothered. <laughs> but it was it was great. I mean, I was Lord Snowden. I went to uh, Switzerland to photograph Igor Stravinsky in my own work. I photographed Yves Saint Laurent and, and Ralph Lauren. I've, Ralph's got is, has one of my pictures in his office, a really fantastic picture of him dressed in black leather with a black Porsche. It's just incredible. Giorgio Armani, then obviously Angelica Houston, Elizabeth Taylor. I've been very lucky. Right place, right time. And a lot of these opportunities sadly don't exist anymore. And my kind of photography is sort of on the way out. I mean, I was taught in a very old-fashioned way about posing and lighting. And when Mm -hmm. I went to Hollywood, I was very lucky to meet some of the most famous Hollywood photographers. They used to get four or five days to photograph Joan Crawford and things like that with the best lighting and hair and makeup. And someone once said, oh, you've got 10 minutes. I said, young man, I'm not going to bother. I said, you've asked me here, you want a terrific picture. I need a bit more than 10 minutes. Otherwise, I'm not interested. Yeah. So uh, I can't do magic in ten minutes. No, <laughs> a friend no, of mine, yeah. a friend of mine, did turn up one day, and she, I knew her very well. She said, "Can you make me look like this?" And she gave me a picture of a model. I said, "Darling, it's a camera, not a magic wand." <laughs> so, <laughs> fortunately, she knew me well. Enough. We all fell about laughing. <laughs> I wouldn't dare say it to anybody else. Had to be a friend. So, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. what, what, what was you know what what kind of impressions did you have of of the lads, uh, as it were, you know? Um, from hanging out with them all day what you know what was your take they were just having a great time it was almost as if there was a relief they didn't have to do anything in the studio it was a day out and it started quite early we didn't finish till quite late and they, they seemed to be having a ball they all came up with ideas i mean john yoko spent some time again she was charming but then everyone's nice to me i don't know why but but uh, it was just great fun. I managed to speak to George about the sitar, which I knew he liked. I talked to Ringo, who later on I would photograph some furniture he designed, some electronic stuff. And, you know, John and Paul were just bouncing off ideas with each other. And uh, down by the docks, it was great. I got a couple of really great shots of uh, of George, which I love. And then we just moved everything around. It was I mean, I said in one interview, it was a gift from God, and it really was to be allowed to photograph probably the four most famous boys in the world, the Beatles, for a whole day with no pressure. I had no script to follow, nothing. It was like, whoa. And then I hid them away for 20-odd years. Yeah, that, that seems odd. How, why, why, why did you do that? You didn't realize? What... I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think I was, could do anything with them. I just thought, oh, that was nice. Bung away, they were in a drawer. Literally were in a drawer till John was shot. That was the first time they came out. Then the second time they came out was at the Project Angel Food. 
And then uh, they're now at Rick's Gallery, which is Soho Contemporary Art. I had my first New York exhibition at another gallery. He had further uptown. I mean, now he's down a great space in the Bowery, which is one of those sort of up-and-coming areas for art galleries. And, he, you know, the, the exhibition's laid out so beautifully. We have the 20 by 24s there, and we have the 30 by 40s and the bronze. So it's, I, I did do a little video on my own, which is pretty shaky, but it's on my Facebook page, <laughs> and I tweeted it. So... so. Uh, you have done charity work. The The book has been published. Uh, you worked with Pledge Music the first time around? Yeah, we did that as, a, as just an issue of a thousand that were all signed by all three of us. Okay. I didn't know it would take five hours for all three of us to sign a thousand books. Uh, that's amazing. a lot of books. Yeah, a thousand. Yeah, it's a lot of books. And we had so many calls about it, but the, the initial print was quite expensive. So. Uh, they decided to do the, the smaller edition. It's going to be available through Amazon on July the 31st. It's available in England July the 1st. And it's also in Japanese. And the Japanese edition is fantastic. There's a bag and a poster and note cards and a, and a badge. and a, It's just beautifully done. It's funny looking at it, trying to work out what is my name in Japanese. But, uh, <laughs> But so, you know, hopefully it is priced right for fans. So the other one was a bit pricey because it was a, a edition only of a thousand all hand signed and that. Well, these, these are based for fan prices. And it's the same as the prints. These are chromogenic, archival, museum quality, colorful. God, it's a mouthful. <laughs> but then, mm. then made the old fashioned way so they'll, they'll outlive me. And they're fantastic. They're really incredible. I'm very grateful to the lab that, that does them because they do. They put onto a print what I can see in my head from the original colours. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you covered that. Uh, I did want to talk about that to make sure that we can uh, let everyone know that the book will be available in the United States for the first yeah. time. Yeah, this was it because we. we <laughs> As usual, no one tells me anything. I said, when's it coming out in America? I said, oh, didn't we tell you? I went, no. They said, ah, the ship will be in England July the 1st, and the ship will be in America, so it'll be available via Amazon. People are pre-ordering already. I don't know quite how that works. But uh, I'm getting one as well. I got an email just now, actually, where the guy said, we've sent you a book. I said, oh, good, I'll be home on Wednesday and get it. <laughs> I got mine last Friday. I was very happy to yours. see it. Yeah, I did, yeah. Oh, you got Oh, what's it look like? It's it looks nice. great. Like I said, okay. yeah, it's fantastic. Like I said, the, the, you know, with the colors and stuff, it's cool. It yeah. captures that whole yeah. 60s thing, you know, with the, the yeah. kind of uh, mod clothes they were wearing, whatever you would have called it, psychedelic, yeah. you know. It's all the, the paisleys yeah. and the colors. And then, like I said, the ones with the, the flowers where they were in the gardens. Yeah, it looks fantastic, Tom. Yeah. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to a little of my chat with Tom Murray. He met a lot of interesting people in his long career, aside from the Beatles, and was fun to talk to as a link to the legend of perhaps the most legendary of all bands. His support for various charities is also very admirable. Tom feels he has been blessed in his lifetime and so is trying to give something back. Bravo! So if you are a Beatles fan, look for his book called Mad Day Out, available in the U.S. for the first time a little later this month. It's a great-looking book with some of Tom's photos and recollections of not just the Fab Four, but also Swinging London and many of the other interesting people he met and photographed. But don't go anywhere just yet. I've still got a lot of great music for you. Like this next one, a cover of the Beatles' For No One by Mr. Aryan Anthony Lucasen of Arion and Star One fame. Your day breaks, your mind aches. Again, that was Aryan Anthony Lucasen with For No One from his 1996 solo album Strange Hobby. Next, a song by Paul Carrick, UK solo artist and well-known for his associations with Squeeze and Mike and the Mechanics, among others. Here's Paul's version of the Beatles song Girl. Is there anybody going to listen to my story All about the girl who came to stay She's the kind of girl you want so much it makes you sorry Still you don't regret a single day Ah, girl 
by Paul Carrick from his old, new, borrowed in blue album in 2007. Next, the other song I was talking about when introducing titles by Barclay James Harvest. This one is not technically a Beatles cover, although most, if not all, of the lyrics are pulled from Beatles songs again. It's called You Can't Do That by the late Harry Nielsen, an American singer and songwriter who was much admired by several of the Beatles and later worked a bit with both John Lennon and Ringo Starr. My babe, don't buy me presents How can you laugh when you know I'm down? Beep, 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 yeah I got something to say that might cause you pain If I catch you talking to that boy again Gonna let you down And leave you flat I told you Out of my mind, she's gonna let you. Let's 
I love the cleverness of that tune. You Can't Do That by Harry Nielsen from his Pandemonium Shadow Show album in 1967. Coming down the stretch, I've got a cover of the Beatles' Hey Bulldog by that legendary UK band The Gods, which at times featured Ken Hensley, Greg Lake, Lee Kerslake, Mick Taylor, and John Glascock. Again, that was Hey Bulldog by The Gods from their 1968 album called Genesis. 
I'm going to finish the show the way I started it with a classic Beatles song that might be considered a game changer from a game changing album. But before I go, I'd like to thank you all for coming along for the ride and remind you that if you like the show, I'd encourage you to visit progwatch.com. There you can find every episode I've ever done, as well as links to artists' web pages, ways to keep up with me on social media, how to email me or subscribe to the show or even support the show if you are so inclined. That's progwatch, P-R-O-G-W-A-T-C-H, all one word, dot com. So let's finish things off with A Day in the Life, which I think is an appropriate closer in more ways than one. Be good to each other, and prog on, my brothers and sisters.
Es el mejor momento para preparar tu hogar para las fiestas y recibir a los invitados. Porque en The Home Depot encuentras ahorros de hasta 40% en baños seleccionados por Internet. Además de entrega gratis en todos los tocadores y grifos por Internet. Deja tu casa lista para esas visitas esperadas. Familia, amigos, vecinos y las inesperadas. Deja tu baño listo para las fiestas con ahorros de hasta 40% en tocadores y grifos en The Home Depot. Haces más. Logras más. As a parent, no two days are ever the same. At Care.com, you can find trusted and flexible sitters to help manage your family's ever-changing schedule. Care.com can even help you out with housekeepers, dog walkers, senior caregivers, and more. So you can find care for all you love. And 100% of caregivers who use Care.com have been background checked with CareCheck, a key first step in hiring confidently. To get the help you need to make it all work, sign up now and find a great sitter at Care.com.